Good afternoon and welcome to the City View podcast. Me, Andy Sylvester from the City AM newsroom. As you know, we usually do the headlines about now, but frankly, there's only one story in town, and that is Russian aggression towards Ukraine. Last night, Vladimir Putin effectively announcing an invasion of the country. The two eastern breakaway republics now considered independent by the Kremlin and so-called peacekeepers don't look particularly like peacekeepers to me. They look like Russian military forces moving in overnight. I'm joined by two city analysts to discuss what it means for markets and what it might mean going forward. Susanna Streeter from Hargreaves Lansdowne and Michael Hewson at CMC Markets. Michael, Susanna, thanks for joining. Michael, we were talking off air. It was quite a memorable, if meandering speech from Vladimir Putin last night um, about essentially an invasion of eastern Ukraine. Markets reacted pretty much as you'd expect this morning. They did, yeah. I mean, we opened quite significantly lower, but what we've seen since then has sort of got me scratching my head a little bit in bewilderment because I think the response of Western leaders, I think, is naive at best. Um, The lack of follow-through on the downside appears to speak to a reluctance on the part of EU leaders to call last night's move an invasion, Mm. which is essentially what it is. Um, Sanctions this afternoon, pretty weak. That's reflected in the rebound in the FTSE 100 that we've seen Um, this afternoon back into positive territory. Whether or not we stay there, of course, is another matter. And then you've got the verbal gymnastics and procrastination on the part of Olaf Schultz saying that Nord Stream 2 can't be certified for operation at this time. Well, it's highly welcome, but it's, again, sounds as if he could be persuaded to reverse it. Yet, given the tone of that speech last night, you've got to ask yourself whether or not Putin is in the mood at all for any sort of negotiated um, agreement, um, I would suggest that he's not. Yeah, it didn't sound like the sort of tone that a man that was willing to talk about around the table anytime soon mm. last night. Um, Susanna, why don't we why don't we talk about Nord Stream two and and what's happened to energy prices as a result of of overnight moves from Putin? As Michael says, Nord Stream two basically put on hold to a degree, but I guess until you take the sledgehammers to it, it's still there to be to be okayed at some point, isn't it? Yes, it certainly is. And there had been real hopes that the supply of gas to Europe really could be boosted, helping bring down the prices, those really elevated prices that we've seen, particularly uh, the point where they were in the autumn. There was hope that with the use of this uh, gas pipeline, um, that prices would come down. But certainly it does look now that given this halt in the approval and this response, even though as Michael is pointing out, it's a kind of muted response, might leave the door open for gas to flow down it. However, it's not going to do anything to relieve the pressure on gas prices, is it? I mean, we're still going to see them extremely elevated. So we've got gas higher, we've got oil marching upwards as uh, those boots are put on the ground in eastern Ukraine. So fresh pain for consumers ahead. Already prices at the pumps have reached uh, another uh, record level and uh, energy bills are set to spike further. We already knew they were going up significantly in the UK, but overall it doesn't look like we're going to see any real easing off of these price pressures that the consumers are going to be under and companies as well are going to be under increasingly uh, this year. Uh, And yet there hasn't been, as, uh, as we've already pointed out, a sharp escalation yet. Obviously, 
troop movements have been in these disputed territories, these these are areas in eastern Ukraine where there had been already fighting. Russia says it's peacekeeping troops, which is why um, you've seen this kind of muted response, kind of hope that it won't escalate further. Mm. Um, but certainly the indications don't look good when you heard how Putin uh, was talking in that speech. Certainly tensions are going to remain high for a significant amount of time. And I do expect the slight recovery that we have seen on the financial markets uh, towards the end of uh, today is likely to you know move in another direction when we get latest uh, kind of diplomat- diplomatic readings. Yeah, indeed. How much of an invasion is an invasion seems to be the question that Western leaders are, are trying to answer however they want to answer it today. Um, let's look at things slightly closer to home, Michael. We've had we had results out in NatWest on Friday and numbers today out of HSBC looking quite healthy, both of those. Yeah, absolutely. I think what we've seen is a direct consequence of the pulling back onto the balance sheets of those impairments that they set aside in 2020. And in the case of HSBC, profits of $18.9 billion before tax, over $10 billion above last year's numbers. Um, I think more importantly, the bank announced another $1 billion share buyback once mm-hmm. the $2 billion one they announced earlier, early last year has completed, as well as an $0.18 cents a share dividend. What struck me more about these numbers was the really decent performance we saw from the UK bank, um, uh, prompted around about um, uh, a quarter of the overall profits, which is a fairly decent amount. Of course, we've also got Lloyd's numbers um, later this week, along with Barclays. And I think despite all of the hand-wringing about um, record profits, I think what we do need to remember and um, uh, investors need to remember is that these profits are a direct consequence of obviously pulling back provisions that they set aside in 2020. And the calls for a windfall tax need to be tempered by the fact that banks pay an additional surcharge on the profits anyway. Mm. That they do, and also it's not not only those bad loans coming back onto the onto the balance sheet now, but let's not forget this was something that happened for all the talk of bonus taxes and windfall taxes. This was something that happened to support the wider economy um, at significant financial risk to the banks. And let's not forget, let's not forget that bonuses and all of this stuff you pay tax on. So it's a net plus for the exchequer, and we should really emphasise that point. Susanna, last word on HSBC. Yes, well, even though, obviously, as Michael's been pointing out, um, a lot of uh, that bounce back we've seen for HSBC is because it's put the pandemic bad loans uh, behind it and profits set to pour in at a much greater rate than initially forecast. But China's property woes clearly remain a cause for concern because the market is having a less than savoury response to the higher than expected impairment charges. And a lot of this relates to uncertainty in the Chinese commercial real estate sector. We're talking Evergrande here, this huge thorny issue, which simply isn't going away. And I think, you know, this really does need to be uh, kept an eye on. And also um, HSBC, like many banks, does have this Goldilocks dilemma because um, they need inflation to tick up enough to prompt rising rates, but it can't be so hot. It makes customers nervous about taking on new borrowing, which could dent the loans business. So still sensitive to inflation. Indeed, aren't we all in that inflation? All the more in in focus after uh, after Medvedev, um, Putin's sort of 
puppet who occasionally pops up on TV. He's allowed, he occasionally allowed to say things, warning that Europeans are going to have to face higher gas prices in the aftermath of Nord Stream 2 being uh, shut down for now, at least. Michael, Susanna, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Let's hope when we're back here in a fortnight that we're not talking about anything further in eastern Ukraine. That's all from us today at the City View podcast. We'll see you tomorrow, hopefully able to talk about more encouraging news.